Hello and welcome to Quick Charge. I'm Mikey G, and it's Monday, December 4th. Tesla is about to face a class action after a judge refused to dismiss a lawsuit alleging that the automaker is overcharging people using their insurance with real-time data. This after they say that they were increasing their premiums over fake crash warnings. Their words, not mine. Now, when launching its own car insurance product, Tesla utilized its capacity to collect real-time driving data from vehicles to create what they call a safety score, which basically gives drivers a score based on how they drive. Now, there have been some controversy about the factors that would go to influence the score, like acceleration, driving at night, and collision warnings. Warnings were known to be sounded for non-events, such as leaves blowing, reflections, or driving through steep gutters. The root of the issue is that these false collision warnings can increase the monthly premiums of someone using Tesla insurance. Illinois resident Ricky Stevens filed a lawsuit on behalf of all Tesla insurance users in which he described, quote, numerous Tesla drivers have reported suffering sporadic and random forward warning collisions when there is no danger in sight. Now this, they say, affects the safety score and drives up premiums, or so the complaint was filed. Tesla has called for a dismissal of the case, which has not come to pass. Tesla has confirmed that it is officially losing half of the $7,500 tax credit on two Model 3 trims starting next year. The battery material criteria has been changing every year and has become stricter with more introductions of materials to be built in North America. With the stricter criteria starting next year, Tesla has warned that it expects to lose part of the tax credit on some Model 3s. In an overnight update to its online design studio, Tesla has confirmed that the rear-wheel drive and long-range models will see their tax credit reduced to $3,750. Tesla doesn't elaborate on why it will lose the credit on these models, but it is believed to have something to do with the origin of some battery components. On the plus size, the change also comes with the tax credit becoming available as a point-of-sale incentive meaning that it can be directly applied to the purchase of a vehicle rather than returned as a tax credit. Tesla, along with a handful of other automakers, have announced that they are joining Climate Trace, a global emission tracking program which is co-founded by former Vice President Al Gore. Tesla has been putting more effort lately into tracking the source materials through its entire supply chain in order to get a better understanding of the overall impact of its electric vehicle business. On top of this collaboration with Climate Trace, Tesla is also working with Battery Passport to track all of the battery materials down to the source. There have been some swirling rumors discussing the mining and lifetime use of electric vehicle batteries as compared with only the use of gasoline vehicles. Hopefully programs such as this can provide some crystal clear data to use in the discussion. Kia's first dedicated EV is due for a facelift. The new Kia EV6 was caught testing for the first time showing design elements pulled from the flagship EV9. From the new images, courtesy of Auto Express, you can see several design changes. The first thing noticed is the changes to the headlight shape, which are thinner and more triangular. Although the camo wrap is covering it quite well, we expect to see upgrades to the front and rear light bars. Other noticeable changes include a new bumper design to improve aerodynamics. Kia has yet to provide any information on the new vehicle, but it's expected to ride on Hyundai's eGMP platform still, which is up to a 77.4 kilowatt hour battery. Other upgrades are expected to boost the range over its current 310 miles that we look forward to. Kia confirmed to Auto Express that the new EV6 will pull features from its flagship EV9, 
to align with the new interior design style. Fisker recently shared business updates, outlining several changes in the works, including leadership moves, accelerated deliveries, and the potential partnership with other OEMs. However, one less encouraging update is Fisker announcing that they once again have lowered their production targets due to prioritizing liquidity. Now, the production guidance is now down to just over 10,000 EVs for all of 2023. Just back in November, Fisker said it could be as low as 13,000, this down several times from the original forecast set at the beginning of the year, which was an optimistic 42,400. Now, Fisker says that they have now delivered nearly all of their initial launch edition oceans. It will bolster their staff to lock in 2023 orders and keep deliveries going as it segues into 2024. In September, Fisker said that they were on track to begin cranking out 300 oceans per day and deliver about 100 on a single day last week. Now, as the automaker focuses on deliveries using existing builds, it appears it will also be prioritizing liquidity at the cost of production targets. According to Fisker's third quarter financials, it was reported as a loss of $91 million and revenue of $71.8 million, both of these numbers failing to meet previous expectations. Toyota has released a cheap electric vehicle concept called the Urban. The concept is one of five new electric models due out in Europe by 2026. Toyota said that the urban SUV concept is close to production design, so there is something to hope for in this case. It draws inspiration from the Toyota Yaris Cross and is said to have front-wheel or all-wheel drive configuration. Also from Toyota, a different vehicle was unveiled, an electric sport crossover, but it sounds like it could just be a tall sedan, or maybe just a regular sedan, it's said to compete with the Ionic 6 from Hyundai, which itself is quite low, but it will be made with China's BYD, and it will launch in 2025. In today's community comment found on YouTube, there was a lot of discussion about the Cybertruck, some that I found particularly interesting. Indeed, I read all the comments and replies, joining in quite rarely myself. Some of you agreed that a cheaper Cybertruck would be amazing, Others said that a cheap Cybertruck would be terrible, and some said that the truck would just get cheaper naturally over time. A couple of you said that the companies will cover a cheap electric truck in another category, slight category, like the Rivian or the Ford. But one thing that did come to mind, which was covered in the comments and then was subsequently answered, was the placement of the range extender battery. Some had questioned why it wasn't placed in the front trunk or the storage compartment close to the rear bumper. The answer for that one is balance, I believe. Placing several hundred pounds on the extremities of the vehicle would create some amazing donuts in the snow, from what I gather, but not the best when you're actually trying to have the vehicle handle predictably. Now, there was a fair amount of speculation about the Rivian patent, which, as you know, I'm not well-versed in patents. It's still just guesses coming from my camp. But sometimes I've heard of patents being incredibly slippery, changing just one minute detail to get things going. Other times, I've heard of sweeping patents that seem incredibly wide. I'll give you one example. The tools behind me are Park Tools, a company based out of St. Paul, Minnesota, that has a patent for a blue-colored bicycle tool. Now, that seems a little overreaching, if you ask me, but luckily they can't stop me from spray-painting my little trays or a paintbrush to match the set. I highly doubt it, but maybe a can of spray paint is the only thing Tesla needs to escape Rivian's patent protection. Thanks for watching Quick Charge. I'm Mikey G, and I hope you have a great day.